0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins. Joining me on the other side is David Lake. We are coming at you on a Friday, less than two weeks until the season for the Miami Hurricanes. But at the beginning of today's show, we're going to talk some recruiting. Before we get into that, though, David, how you doing, man?
1: Good. Yeah, I'm getting excited that football. You know, two, less than two weeks away. Like you said, hopefully two weeks from now when we're recording, we'll, we'll be discussing. Uh, you know, Miami thumping UAB. The offense looking amazing. Derek King, early Heisman candidate. But we'll see. We'll all find. We'll find out how that goes. Less than two weeks away, like you said. But yeah, let's let's jump into some recruiting talk because. Definitely had some big news drop in that regard on Thursday night.
0: Yeah, and I just want to thank all of our subscribers, anyone that listens to the podcast. If you guys have left a review, uh, again, like always, much appreciated. We're getting a ton of good feedback from our bosses, uh, and that really can keep this podcast going. So uh, now that we got that out of the way, David, Thursday night Miami landed a commitment from top 24-7 athlete Chase Smith. Uh, Chase is a guy we have discussed throughout this recruiting cycle, but he's really been kind of the mystery. Uh, Someone who hasn't taken many, if any, visits, uh, doesn't do many, if any, interviews. I I think I've spoken to him on the phone two or three times, including one of those being last night uh, when he informed me that he had committed to Miami. Um, This is a big get, I think, for the Hurricanes, Florida wanted him. Oklahoma wanted him. um, LSU, I think, was kicking the tires. Auburn was in there. Florida State was in there. Uh, So once again, Miami has gone head-to-head, not only with Power 5 programs, but with good Power 5 programs, teams that are playing in New York 6 games, teams that are playing for college football playoffs um, spots. And they, they got this kid committed. I, I think this is a, a huge get and I know you agree with me.
1: Yeah, I think Chase is a big time talent. Um he's he's definitely one of my favorite prospects in the state of Florida this cycle. Uh, you know, we'll get into his skill set as the podcast progresses, but he's a guy that can do a lot of things. I think, you know, Miami's definitely recruiting him as a defensive player, and I agree with that. I think there's probably a little more upside on defense, but in my opinion, he's one of those rare recruits that could legitimately play on either side of the ball at a high level. Um, Chase Smith, 700 plus receiving yards last season at the high school level on offense. And then defense, he's a guy that just wreaks havoc, you know, 72 tackles, 18 tackles for, for loss four interceptions, three of which he returned for a touchdown. He also returned a fumble recovery for a touchdown. So at 6'3", 6'4", he's a guy that is just an extremely good athlete. That athleticism translates to both sides of the ball. And in my opinion, he has as much upside as anyone committed in this class. And that's saying a lot because Miami has a pair of five stars committed.
0: Oof. Throwing out some, uh, some heat, bringing he, heat early on in the pot.
1: I'm putting you on the spot. Right. But so, right. And and I think a lot of this can be explained to, you know, the recruiting industry, everyone in general has not been able to get out on the road much to see guys at all this off season. He lives in an area that's, you know, not in under? South, not in South Florida, under recruited, uh, you know, so, so that adds to it. Um, But, like, right now, according to the 24-7 sports composite, he is Miami's ninth best commitment in terms of ranking. Where would you – like, your personal opinion, where would you slot him, like, number what in this class?
0: I I think top ten for sure. I mean, you're right. He is kind of the Yeti in in terms of uh, this cycle. I think he only did, like, one camp – I've been communicating with his coach at, at Palm Bay Bayside who uh, quick note, I, I posted this on our message board uh, inside the U for the s- subscribers. His coach actually played for Manny Diaz at Mississippi state. So that's, you talk about relationships. Uh, that's one of the reasons why Miami was able to get chase Smith. And you also need to point out uh, that chase Smith's dad played for the hurricanes in the, in yeah. the mid eighties. He was the tight end um, ended up playing in the NFL for a little bit. I mean, I, that was before my time. I don't yeah. know if, if you before remember my him time I,
1: too, but he's a big time. Like stats wise, he's one of the best, most productive tight ends in Miami history.
0: Right. So I mean, he's he's kind of been the yeti. Uh, apparently, I saw him and David. You did too two years ago when he <laughs> camped at Paradise Camp uh, yeah. as a guy with zero scholarship offers. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, Paradise Camp once again paying off for Miami. And look, I mean, no one's been able to visit anywhere the past uh what are we at six seven eight months now but miami because they put together this showcase camp where you can work out in front of ed reed and all those other guys they can get talent like that on campus uh and and i was talking to someone in coral gables on staff and they're like yeah we have we have footage of chase working out from that i'm like that's insane like that that's all documented um but back to your original question where do i kind of stack them up i got to pull up the commit list right now So i'll
1: tell you while you do that so you know in my this is just my personal opinion leonard taylor is miami's best commit in this class that lines up with the ranking 24 7 sports composite i would say james i agree with the ranking for second james williams number two i would agree with that me personally i think that third spot is a debate between chase smith and Elijah Arroyo, the tight end commit Ooh, out of Texas. Okay. Um, so third or fourth, and like I said, according to the composite, Chase Smith is ninth. So basically what I'm getting at, I think there's a chance if he goes out and handles his business, if they play a season, etc., cetera, he could be a, a guy who rises. I'm just curious now what what your opinion is on that.
0: No, I, I, I go one, two, Leonard Taylor, James Williams. Number three, I'm absolutely going uh, Elijah Arroyo. After that, there's a ton of guys that I like, and I would put Shea Smith probably in the conversation um, with a majority of them. It, for that number four, like I think you can make a case for, for Melo Brinson. I think you can make yeah. a case for Jacoby George. I think you can make a case uh, for Brashard Smith. Yeah. And I, I guess I should point this out. Like I'm kind of thinking long term, like guys what's their NFL upside. Like I think right. there's a, a plenty of people in this class that are like, have a chance to be very good college players, but I'm also from an evaluator standpoint, a roster management standpoint, like I'm looking through it in the lens of, okay, how valuable is this position in this day and age in football? Like that Franklin, I think is very good. But as we've seen the NFL with the NFL and college, like sure. running backs aren't what they used to be. Um, but with Chase, like, like you said, Miami wants to play him at striker. He's kind of a hybrid guy, 6'3", 190 pounds. Is he an uh, in-the-box guy? Is he a safety? Um, I heard Oklahoma was recruiting him to be a wide receiver. So he yeah. can kind of do a little bit of, it, of everything. And you know, look, man, those are the guys that are hitting these days, uh, not only in college football, but they're the ones that get to the next level.
1: So let me throw another thing at you. Uh, You know, our message board has brought up that they see Chase as an Isaiah Simmons comp, uh, the the star. You know, essentially he played striker at Clemson, right? So personal guy uh, that can line up at safety, linebacker, corner even sometimes. Uh, Honestly, like, okay, let me just say this. The official comp for James Williams, the five-star athlete that is committed to Miami, is Isaiah Simmons. Honestly, in my opinion, I would probably say Chase is a closer comp to Isaiah than James Williams. What say you to that?
0: Okay, I mean, I must have somehow missed these uh, that, that message board. Uh <laughs> Uh, interaction no i was going to ask you what your comp is for chase smith and i do agree um i think that is uh that thought process maybe chase being closer to isaiah simmons is fair you know my my issue with when people bring up isaiah simmons who's now with the carolina panthers obviously a top 10 pick ripped off what was like a 4-4 in the 40-yard dash the nfl combine is like dude he was a freaky track athlete coming out of um high school there in Kansas. And, you know, I, I would love to comp James Williams. I I would love to comp Chase Smith. I just wish we had some verified times now, but talking frame position, flexibility, what they do on tape. Like I, I can see it. Um, I know Greg Biggins for, for 24 seven sports, the national analyst, he's the one who has written the evaluation for chase smith and that's all based on film i mean greg has never seen Chase in, in person i don't think anyone really has right uh at least to my knowledge he, he compares him to telvin smith yeah. who is is he still with the jacksonville Jaguars? so that's more of like a linebacker um here's a comp i came up with and this i, I know i'm gonna people are gonna be driving down the road going like what uh okay. do you remember randy ramsey um from the class of 2014 he was at dillard high school ended up signing with Arkansas, kind of was a linebacker, kind of was a D-end. Well, now he's with the Green Bay Packers and is like a linebacker, and he's kind of leaned out a little bit. He's listed at 6'3", 230 pounds, made the practice squad last year. I think there's a good chance he'll be on the 53-man this year. But he was another long guy, kind of coming out of high school, played some corner, you know, Rushed off the edge like Chase Smith does, and I just right. see some similarities there. And I guess the point I would make with that Randy Ramsey, um, with with the with the Randy Ramsey comp is like, look, man, like these are what, yes. the league wants now. You want guys who can get sideline to sideline. So uh, that, that's something I came up with. And I was, do you have one? I mean, are you going to go Isaiah Simmons here?
1: I mean, maybe it's lazy, but I do think Simmons. Uh, and I think that the point you make in terms of the speed is fair. Um, but just the athleticism, you know, it pops all over Chase Smith's tape. Uh, is he going to be able to run a sub 4 40 at the NFL Combine? I mean, the chances are no, but can he run a 4-5-ish? Sure. and And that is still extremely valuable, in my opinion. And to your point... You know, we see this, this evolution happening in basketball, right? We, uh, this idea of positionless basketball. I, and we've talked about this before, but that is also happening defensively, especially in the back seven um, in football, in college football and NFL. So Chase Smith is a guy that can do a lot of things. Uh, he can cover you. He can attack the line of scrimmage as a blitzer. He's definitely a willing tackler, and so you just find a way to get that guy on the field um, and wreak havoc. Another thing that was brought up on the message board—I'm sure you saw this one, this point—but um, the idea of playing in the future, the future Miami defense having Chase Smith and James Williams on the field at the same time together, uh, what? What do you think the possibility is of that happening? And what do you think that would look like?
0: Well, I mean, this podcast, we have discussed it at yeah. length. Like, there's going to be – Miami's going to have four defensive linemen and then, <laughs> <laughs> like, a linebacker and then six safeties. Um, no, I like, I, I kind of touched on this and wrote uh, about how Jonathan Patkey's striker room, like, the future of that room is looking pretty – pretty dang good um and i just think it's because of the personnel that they have we know chase smith they have informed him hey you are a striker which i think they need to do, to eventually do at some point because yeah. last year they took all these safeties and it was like oh you guys are gonna play safety and it's like well i mean is that true because i think at one point someone's gonna have to transition it and, and and go over to jonathan patkey's line and practice but um right. The thought process of, of those two on the field at the same time is like I, I'm I'm all for it. Like that is a freaky athletic length combo. And if you are playing, which Miami, I mean, right now, I, I don't think James Williams and and Chase Smith will ever go up against these guys. But if I'm playing Sam Howe and Trevor Lawrence in the same season and these good quarterbacks and these guys that can throw it around, then I want it long freaky guys that can run uh on my defense so i think this just really speaks to what manny uh his vision is and you know when they introduced the striker position we we're like what what is this like is it do you want to take oversized safeties and play them in the box or is it undersized linebackers and put them in coverage and i really think they just want to get more athletic and they're going to try to figure out how to do that in any way that they can agreed and
1: You know, we're seeing every year spread offenses are essentially just becoming the norm, right? Spread offenses are basically the new quote-unquote pro-style offense. And in order to defend those, you need guys that can run, get to space quickly, close down on the space, and get a guy on the ground as quickly as possible. If you don't have those type of athletes on your defense, you're not going to stop Many people from scoring. So one thing I wrote about um, You know, this commitment in terms of how it relates to the team and what they're kind of doing on defense with recruiting I mentioned that, you know, dating back to when Manny Diaz was defensive coordinator. He's kind of done a good job of building his vision of landing lengthy twitchy defensive ends class after class after class and you know you might you might listen to this and be like well yeah no duh like who doesn't know to do that but you look at a lot of programs around the country they they haven't been as successful as Manny Diaz in Miami with with stacking edge talent or defensive line talent in general because I do think they also have plus athletes at defensive tackle as well and we're going to start seeing that i think this year and next year as those guys mature and get more playing time. Um, so anyways, my point is he's been building that philosophy on the defensive line since 2016 when he was defensive coordinator and we've definitely seen the production and results there. I think now we're starting to see him be able to implement his vision of, of what he thinks the back seven should look like moving forward on defense with, with as we've touched on length athleticism position versatility and and that's gonna help defend the modern spread offense so up front that defensive line just give us this is manny's philosophy give us athletes that can get up field wreak havoc in the line of scrimmage and then the back seven give me athletes that can just figure it out play in space get guys on the ground quickly line up and play again so I think I'm definitely intrigued to see Manny, you know, play this vision out over the next few years, because I definitely think what he's building is is the the right way to go in de- on the defense
0: in general. I just had like a scary thought. If you're a Miami fan, like, what happens if uh, Manny is not the guy and uh, right. they run a completely different scheme? Like, if they're transitioning to a three-four, uh, <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be well, um last last thing I guess on on Chase Smith let's take a step back look at this 3 month run for Miami. Yeah. Uh, this will probably be like the last unless something crazy happens like with Jake Garcia over the next couple of uh weeks or next 2 weeks like I I think we're just going to fully transition into college football season and high school football season um but man this this 3 month stretch for Miami uh, the class is now number the number eight ranked recruiting class in the country according to the twenty four seven Sports composite. Um, so it's almost really what I think the Storm eighteen class was heading into that season. Yeah, uh, it's it's impressive, and like these guys deserve a, a ton of credit. Like with the Chase Smith, you know, Ephraim Bonda first and identified chase smith when he was a freshman making when he was making the rounds on the space coast that torch was then passed on to jonathan padkey and blake baker and just everyone was involved in it. but i think these guys deserve some credit you know maybe 2019 didn't go as planned but like look it, it could have been a disaster of a recruiting stretch yes. right here and it's been the complete opposite
1: I think it's definitely fair to say Manny Diaz is recruiting you know he's taken recruiting to another level in terms of this decade uh, in terms of what Miami needs to compete for championships so you know last year's class you alluded to it Miami did a terrible job on the field but they still signed a class that you know ranked in the top 16 now after some attrition to the class and Featured, you know, half the class was at least four star prospects and that class had an overall average grade of a four star player. So they did a tremendous job recruiting You know, after a terrible season. And then this year, this cycle, we've kind of seen things start to roll downhill in terms of Miami gaining momentum on the recruiting trail. And I think if, if Miami and Manny do handle their business during this season, uh, whatever that does mean, I think we're going to look back at this summer as maybe a tipping point for the Manny Diaz era of, okay, this is when things really started to work and click for Manny. And this was the point when it kind of became clear that Manny Diaz is the right guy for the job. Now, again, he needs to prove it on the field this fall. Um, but if he does, this class is going to stay together. And they're going to challenge for a top 10 class, which, at, you know, Miami typically doesn't do, right? So, yeah. um, again, I, I think things are definitely looking very, very good. Uh, this, this recruiting staff has figured things out, and they're doing a, a great job and now it's just up to the team up to Manny and the coaching staff to get it done on the field and if they do things are going to take off
0: Uh, I just want to go on record because I always love to go on record about this I still think Miami's 2019 class we're going to look back and it's going to be a a pretty solid group and I think we're going to start seeing a lot of those guys this year Jeremiah Payton, Keontra Smith, Jafari Harvey, Jason Blissett like Dude, that was the transition class, and I think that's going to go down as one of the better uh, ones for Miami. But, no, you, you're absolutely right. I think at some point down the line, you're going to be able to – if we're writing a book about Manny Diaz, like the summer of, of 2021, we'll have a, a full, full chapter just kind of about how everything um, that, that played out. Uh, let's take a quick break. Um, on the other side, we're going to get into some more team stuff. Hard Rock Stadium going to allow fans. you going to be there? I'll be there if they let me. <laughs> this
2: episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.
0: Hard Rock Stadium, the Miami Dolphins, and the Miami Hurricanes in a joint statement of sorts. Like, I think Miami's just kind of long for the ride in this whole thing. Like, it's really up to what the Dolphins and Hard Rock Stadium decide. But they announced on Monday uh, that for the first couple of months, Hard Rock Stadium is going to be operating at 20% capacity. That means roughly 13,000 fans will be on hand. Um, for Miami's September 10th opener against UAB. Uh, I don't really know what to like make of this, but a lot of people on social media and our message boards have pointed out that if you're going to have a limited crowd, Miami's probably at, a, at an advantage, excuse me, uh, just because Hard Rock Stadium has that roof on it and it uh, allows for more volume to be created.
1: Yeah. And you'll also have the rival fan bases poke fun and saying, Oh, 13,000 fans. That's a normal Miami home game. So not much will change there. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, look, I'm all for it. I think if, if you have protocols in place and people follow those protocols and the experts feel like things can be done safely, then I'm all for trying. Right. So, you know, the experts have, have told the dolphins and the hurricanes that this can't this can't be done safely with 13,000 fans and i'm for it so i'm all, i think why not give it a try hopefully en- things end up going smoothly obviously you know there's not going to be any tailgating this year which which i think we kind of should have expected right um and yeah we'll see Less than two weeks from now, how that all looks against UAB, which we don't even know the time yet. Uh, but we should we should find out that kickoff time relatively soon, right?
0: Uh yeah. Someone asked me if like it ha- will have to be early because Miami Dade has a curfew, and I really yeah I don't saw that. have an answer. Let me, let me ask you this oddball question I just thought of. So there's going to be no tailgating for football games, pretty much aside from Florida State, because I think they they said they were going to do it like do you think people are going to go to games and just realize that like hey maybe not like i get it tailgate i'm a huge tailgating guy like yeah i i, I think it's the best but do you think people are going to be like maybe maybe i don't need to tailgate before games and like this just becomes a new way of life and i ask that because like if you go to happy hour now i mean where i, where I live in fort lauderdale you used to try to fight for bar space uh, right. like a, a chair, but now you just sit at like a table. And I think I've come to the re- realization that I just kind of like being sit at a table and not, I don't know, <laughs> being all crowded by the bar. So I'm just wondering, is anyone out there just going to like go to a game and be like, uh, you know what? I don't really need to do the tailgating anymore. I can just kind of just show up. It's just something I've been thinking about. In my opinion,
1: I I don't think that's going to happen because I think, it, like, in my opinion, if you want to go to a game, you could argue the best part of going to the game is that tailgating experience, right? That, oh, for that sure. feeling of community and being around fellow fans, et cetera, having a good time. I think, you know, because you could argue just watching a game purely if you just want to watch a game, you could argue the TV experience is better than the in-person experience, right? Right. So maybe what gives the in-person experience the edge is the tailgating on top of it. So, no, I don't think tailgating is going to go away after this season. Um, But it's definitely something to think about in terms of, like, I am curious. So Miami allows 13,000, you know, can have 13,000 capacity in the stadium. Um, I wonder if 13,000 people will show up or not. And I'm not making any type of statement or anything like that. I'm just – I'm genuinely curious, you know, are the fans going to come out to games like that? So it'll it'll definitely be something to watch uh, from the press box, which hopefully, you know, we get access to. We don't know yet, but I would assume so since they're going to let fans in.
0: Um, I want to know if you're down on the field, like how – Different it feels because I have a feeling if 13,000 people are going to be in there, like it's still probably going to feel like a normal game. And I'm not trying to make a joke about Miami's crowd or anything, but I think if you're on the field and there's some type of people in the stands, like it's not going to be all that different. I don't know.
1: Maybe. I mean, you know, I'm curious how far spread apart the 13,000 fans are, right? Like, I would assume that that would include the upper decks of hard rock as well as the lower decks. So it might look pretty empty, to be honest.
0: Well, some, some guy at my gym was telling me, you can just like buy a box and then you can kind of do whatever you want to do in it. And I think if you have the necessary funds, that's the way, the way to go. I mean, me and you don't fall in that tax (laughs) bracket, but. Right.
1: No, I mean, it's, this season is going to be different in a lot of ways And this is just one of the elements that teams, you know, around the country are going to have to navigate to have success this year. You're going to have to be on point, uh, with, with your maturity in in terms of how you go about handling the virus. And hopefully you don't get the virus and that takes you out of action for a week or two. And then also you're, you're going to have to have that maturity in terms of being self motivated to go out and handle your business. Without the benefit of a home or away crowd cheering for or against you. Um, I mean, people will be there, but it's going to be a lot less 13,000 is way less than, you know, when you see these pictures on social media about Miami home home stadiums being half empty. There's still probably 40,000 fans in the stadium for those pictures. So 13,000, in my opinion, it's going to feel weird. It's going to feel a lot less, but it is better than having zero fans in the stands, of course.
0: Uh, transitioning to some are we, the, the practice talk, I think we're out of preseason camp. Yeah. Uh, w- what I wanted to ask you about, David, is one of these days this week, Miami made – Freshman running backs, Jalen yeah. Knighton and Don Chaney available to the media via Zoom. What was it like hearing from those guys? Because we we discussed it on the last podcast. I think any every Miami fan knows. There sounds like there's a good chance both Jalen yeah. and Don are going to uh, get some type of carries in 2020. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's a lot.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, we, we, we already know that they're highly talented guys, right? So they have the physical ability to be really, really good players in college and maybe beyond. But, you know, when you get to interact and interview these guys, you get kind of a sense for their maturity and just their approach to the game, right? And, and one thing that stands out about both Jalen Knighton and Don Chaney uh, just interacting with them, you know, through the media this week, was both go, both those guys just, very, you know, they seem like pros, I guess is, is the best way to say it. Um, they, they definitely care about their craft. They definitely care about the details it takes to be a successful running back. Um, you know, they also just seem like alpha dogs, right? Like they just, they seem like guys who care about getting the most out of their talent. And so when you have that combination of a guy being very physically talented and being mature and dedicated to uh, developing that talent, it's it's gonna be a, an impressive combination. And, and I think the next three years for those guys, three to four years, it's gonna be fun to watch them grow and develop I think that's even going to be the case this season. I think, you know, I've, I've mentioned it on the podcast. I wrote it in a VIP article talking about kind of the buzz coming out of fall camp on the website. I expect the running game to be the strength of the offense this year. And a big reason for that is because I am such a big believer in the talent, maturity, ability to transition from high school to college that Jalen Knighton and Don Chaney show. Uh, have already shown, uh, dating back to being early enrollees back in January?
0: I just go back in my head. Um, it's like from points of those two's high school career. I remember seeing Jalen Knighton uh, in the state playoffs on the road at Vero Beach, absolutely truck someone you kind of knew. He was a dude right then. And with Don Chaney, I mean, uh, he ran – I think it was close to 200 yards as a youngster against Miami Southridge. And that was a very good Miami Southridge uh, team in the state playoffs. Like it's just not, I mean, it's surprising that they are catching on so fast, but these are why these guys are highly rated recruits. This is why you need to recruit and get highly rated recruits because they kind of produce like that in kind of tying this, in with something else, uh, Brandon Marcello at twenty four seven Sports, he uh, put out a long form or you know one of those longer stories on Friday detailing freshmen that are making uh, an impact early on. Jalen Knighton was obviously mentioned on there, but there were some other guys that Miami was after that yeah. were on that list. I think Ladarius Tennyson was on there. I remember, he was the former right. um, safety commit. He's now at Auburn. Jalen Carter, who's a guy that Miami was on at very early in the process. The defensive tackle out of, of a Popka, he ended up at Georgia. Um, I, you know, Miami was I don't think ever really really a player, but he was on campus a bunch. They're saying he's going to be a stud, so uh, it just shows like it, if you're a fringe kind of recruiting person, or you're like I don't really like following recruiting. Like this is why it's a big deal, and yeah. we report on those visits and why people go nuts because. Uh, if a guy's ranked that high, there's a good chance they're probably going to hit. And don't get me wrong, there's, there's busts. Sure. But um, if there's hype around someone, there's usually a reason why.
1: Yeah, and, and two things I want to add on to that. Um, it, it definitely seems like Jalen and Don feed off each other, right? So they, they've definitely – it's pretty clear they've become pretty tight um, since they've arrived at Miami, and they definitely embrace – this notion of, hey, we're both very talented freshman running backs um, and we can both get better. We can both eat at the same time. Both of them kind of echoed each other saying, look, I know that we're going to get our chance to show what we can do this season. And it's up to us to take advantage of that opportunity. So they're looking to make big plays when they get in. And if they do, then then their roles only going to increase. And I think, in general, you could make the argument that you know Don and Jalen kind of represent, or are, are kind of a microcosm of what Manny Diaz is looking for throughout the whole team. Uh, I mean, obviously, you can't stack Jalen and Don type talents uh, across the board every single possession position, but. You can stack talented guys at every position and you can stack guys who embrace that notion of competition and development and 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 being a pro as a young guy both those guys are doing that and now i think these are type of the these are the type of guys manny's looking for to bring in in his program and i would argue in this 2021 class you got guys who definitely are alpha dogs like that. You know, you look at Leonard Taylor, James Williams, I would mention the receivers, you know, I think Khalil Brantley, the tight end, definitely kind of an alpha dog for the class. So, uh, you know, not only talent, but also culture is kind of getting on track with, with Miami and, and Don Chaney and Jalen Knighton, in my opinion, are an example of that.
0: First college football game of the season is Saturday, David. Are you watching Central Arkansas? I don't even know who they're playing. <laughs> I mean, let's be real—probably not, to be honest. I mean, oh man, if I'm just if I'm just flipping around, I don't know what time it is. Do you know what time it is? It's at nine o'clock. I already got a bet in. I'll, I'll give I you my have... handicap handicap on the game right now. Central Arkansas <laughs> is so adamant about playing games this season, like yeah. they schedule North Dakota I've State. So, I mean, if they're that adamant, they must think they're good. So, take the Bears minus, I got it at four this morning. <laughs> nice. I hope that hits for you. Okay. <laughs> nine o'clock, I
1: will watch it. See, I just, I didn't know what time it was going to happen, et cetera, et cetera. So, nine o'clock, do you know the channel? Is it ESPN?
0: Yeah, ESPN. And I, I will also point out that there is some high school football on television this weekend. You know, uh ESPN's doing their... Annual Geico kickoff series, um, very different than in years past because California isn't playing. Texas, Florida, Georgia are all delayed. So it's a really quirky, weird slate. Right, But there is one game with one kind of Miami target, uh, and that will be Saturday at noon on ESPN. Um, Deion Sanders' school – Uh, And his son, Shadur Sanders, who's verbally committed to FAU, they are playing Knoxville Catholic. Uh, Knoxville Catholic has a quarterback by the name of Caden Martin, the son of T. Martin. He's a class of 2022 recruit, um, offered by Miami. Told me he's talking with Rhett Lashley. But more importantly, Hurricanes baseball program has also been in contact with him. So uh, he's a guy that's in play. And I I keep saying Miami's going to have options in the class of 2022. When it comes to quarterbacks, and Caden's and kind of another one you can file away or, or remember as a name. Yeah, I'm here for it now. You got me hyped. Football's here. Um, <laughs> I'm ready and, for and, it. Let's go. And the the biggest news, uh, I think, of this Friday morning is uh, Chaminade Madonna Prep. I want to make sure I got that right. Uh, they <laughs> have announced that their season opener uh, will be Friday, September 11th, so the first day after uh, Miami's home opener, they're going to they're gonna face Champagnat Catholic, which is the home, uh, the school that produced Greg Russo. So it's the 3A state champs versus the 2A state champs in the first football game in South Florida of 2020. So Thad Franklin's going to be in action. Um, Andre Borigales, Alan Hay, Jamal Johnson. Uh, it should be fun.
1: Very cool. Yeah. Do you, do you get the sense? I know you stopped around some, you know, a couple high schools, I think, this week. Do you get the sense? High school levels ready, excited to get things going?
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm concerned about some safety concerns. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. Uh, sure. But yeah, you know, I think everyone wants to play, man. And, and so many of these kids are trying to earn scholarships. And I know that right. sounds like so cliche, but for a lot of these kids, man, that is the way – the, the way out. And I, I think people just want a sense uh, of normal. I, I know I do. So yes. um, it, it'll it be, it'll be fun. Like let's, let's get to two weeks from now. And I think me and you might actually have a, a big road trip planned for yeah. next weekend. So uh, we, we will hopefully be able to release some details on that uh, in the coming days.
1: Yeah. Football's here. I'm excited. Hopefully everyone can play safely at every level and, and we can, work our way through this season so stay locked on to inside the U we will definitely continue to have you know recruiting coverage Miami Hurricanes football coverage on the website Um, you know as we've said before all month there's a 50% off deal for an annual subscription so if you're getting getting excited like I am right now you know join us for a full year worth of coverage for about 53 bucks I definitely Definitely think we we provide $53 worth of entertainment uh, for a full year. So hop on board, mix it up with us on the message board, and let's have a good time this fall. All right, guys, later. Take care.